what if we had a podcast that was just people trying to figure out how to make a podcast work? It was just only none of the content. It was very meta. That's what that's be, that's behind the scenes footage. Nobody wants. It's to like a Duchamp podcast. You know, it's like an it's like a Dada. Nobody wants to see our podcast. <laughs> just all like non content content. You think you think people are gonna listen to this podcast as is? You think they want to listen to the the technical difficulties? Maybe they would listen to a podcast that was just the technical difficulties, out of like an artistic appreciation. You know, like 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 if we bill it, we like you know we submit it to LACMA. Like we have an audio piece, right? To laugh. Like it's like we got we got so we. Oh. Yeah, sorority girls won't take photos in front of the lamps. They'll just listen to the podcast. <laughs> exactly. It's behind the Big Bang Theory. is adopted. How can I be adopted when I have a twin sister? Think, monkey. Think. Young Sheldon coming to CBS this fall. I can hear them perks coming. I can hear the words coming. I can hear the screech coming. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to The Gates of Shell, episode 7. I am your host, Jack Storbeck, and join with me as always my co-captain boarding the ship to hell, Obton Haydari. Obton. Hello, hello, hello. It is my pleasure to be back um traversing Shell um with uh my friend my brave friend Jack. Jack, you know, we're like Dante's Inferno, right? It's like Dante and whatever, whatever fucking angel was with them, and we're descending into shell, layer by layer. I like to think of it as, like, a cake rather than hell. Why? I don't know. I like cake. <laughs> okay. Good enough of a reason. I um, like hell, so, you know. Then hell hath no surprises of for course. you, my friend. Joined with me uh, for episode seven uh, is my good friend. Um, we go way back, and by way back, I mean, what, a year? Year and a half. Year yeah. and a half. Uh, so way back in dog years, my good friend, stand-up comedian, Wally Barham. Wally, welcome to Shell. Hello. Happy to be in, in Shell or Hell or Cake or wherever we are. Woo! Well, whatever makes, whatever makes you feel <laughs> like comfortable enough to watch young Sheldon. Um, I don't think there's anything. Maybe a, a heavy sleep medication. I have a question. Have you ever seen Young Sheldon before? I haven't. And I also haven't seen uh, Big Bang Theory. And Like, you haven't seen a single episode of Big Bang Theory. I've not seen a single... Is that problematic? No. Oh, even better. Because I, I, Jack, yeah. you know, Wally Jack uh, mentioned as well that he's never seen an episode of Big Bang Theory. And this is surprising to me. Because, I mean, like, okay, like, obviously you would never intentionally watch Big Bang Theory. Excuse me. I've never intentionally watched Big Bang Theory. But, like... It's on all the like. Have you ever like? You never seen it in, like a doctor's office? No, and you know what? I think I'm one of those annoying people. It's like such a white show for start. Like I avoid it whenever I can. It, all the characters just look annoying, which is has nothing to do with them being white. But it also has something to do with them I, being I, white. I, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, a little bit. We do look pretty annoying. It's just like we look like we're always about to say excuse me. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like we we look like we look like we're constantly trying to get a waiter's attention. Episode seven, titled "A Brisket Voodoo and Cannonball Run." Woo! Wally, brisket voodoo cannonball run. How do you think these are gonna play a factor in this episode? I I have no idea, and I'm I'm really curious as to how also voodoo they're gonna tread there because there's a lot of like 
weird ethnic and cultural uh, implications there. What is the last word? Cannonball run? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, know I don't know what that, is, what that is. I'm actually a little confused. Like into a pool, perhaps. Yeah. Regardless, Wally, Obton, and I are going to go watch episode seven of Young Sheldon, titled "A Brisket Voodoo and Cannonball Run." Uh, we'll be right back. I can hear them perks coming. Okay, and we are back. Wally, first episode of Young Sheldon. How are you feeling? I it's it's a weird um, beast because it, it's a network show, but there there were some stuff there. Yeah, it called me mom a bitch. <laughs> yeah, can they say that word? Ah, uh, he did. That? He yes, did. That's the thing. That's why we shouldn't be worried about what we say on this podcast because yeah, like clearly. I mean, they Chuck Lorre is not afraid to pull out all the stops on network television. What's the first line? It's like, because, like, you know, so this, this episode, in, as we know from the title, is about brisket. And the first, like, one of the first lines, like, brisket is the one thing that Texans and Jews agree on. And it's again with the Jew stuff with Chuck. I mean. Yeah, speaking of barbecue, Chuck's got a bone to pick with the Jewish it, it's people. So this it is seems. Like, what is this, the fourth episode in a row that he we've made some sort of comment about, like, I mean, Jews? look, like, I, I, I'm aware that, you know, in Texas in the 80s, there's probably not a really fun place to be Jewish. Or that, you know, that, like, not, not, I mean, at least it's like, you know, like, he's probably be excluded in some way. But, like, yeah, he, he likes to bring it up. He likes to make a point of it. But he's not wrong. He's yeah. not wrong about brisket. It's just a pattern of bringing it up. Is, so he's not Jewish? I mean, I thought he was. I would assume so. I feel like you would have, like, he's not, you, come on, if, if, you're make, if you're making that many comments. At this point, he's either, he's either Jewish or yeah. brave. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I thought but, it was a good episode. I, I mean, like, I mean, well, relatively speaking, but, you know, like, I, I uh, you know, Bill Ponderosa and Mima, like, that, those are, they know that those are the characters. Everyone else kind of sucks. Well, let's... But, like, Mima and Bill, I, I, I would watch the show with just them. Well, okay, so for everyone, uh, I'll do a quick plot breakdown of this episode for you. So, basically, Sheldon's dad, Bill Ponderosa, is really trying to get a brisket recipe from Mima. The, apparently the best recipe in all of Texas. This leads to a kind of like argument and squabble, if you will, between Sheldon's dad and Mima. So Sheldon and Missy go to a picnic with Mima and Mary. Georgie uh, and his dad are at home and they decide to break into Mima's house to look for the recipe. Uh, Mima notices this and they get into a whole thing. So then Mima apparently gives him a step-by-step -step recipe because they're family. Uh, but after the dad goes through all this trouble, including driving to New Orleans to visit a voodoo shop, uh, in order to try to complete this recipe, he realized she played another joke on him and he tries to kick her out of the house and says she can't come back. Um, and this creates a kind of uh, divide between Sheldon's dad and Mima and Mary Cooper, Sheldon's mom's kind of caught in the middle of it. So Sheldon, Missy, and Georgie try to find a way to get the recipe to save their parents' marriage. Then Sheldon has a flashback to when he was 23 months old and Mima apparently told him the recipe thinking he wouldn't remember it, but of course our boy young Sheldon's a genius. So he starts to tell his dad in front of Mima 
uh, and Mima knows he's telling the truth, but then the dad stops and Mima apologizes and the dad says the apology is enough um, and they make up, but he makes Sheldon tell him the recipe anyway. And then as Sheldon's dad finally cooks this brisket, uh, his reaction to tasting it gives Sheldon another flashback to when he was in the crib and sees his parents having sex. And apparently the last time the dad had a similar reaction to when he ate this brisket was when Sheldon was a baby having sex with who we can only assume is Sheldon's mother. Um, so yeah, I just wanna like say one thing before we get into it. How hard is it to make a brisket? <laughs> Actually, you know what? It's yeah. pretty hard. It's uh, the toughest part of the cow's body, and you have to cook it really slow. And even if at any point in which you cook it, you spike the temperature, you ruin the whole thing. You can't, it's the, there's a saying about it. You can't rush a brisket. It's not that. It's like actually <laughs> a clever saying, but it means that. Wally knows her meat. <laughs> Wally's a chef. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, this, is, this was more of an episode of like, Alton Brown or fucking something off of Food Network than it was of young Sheldon. We barely saw the little the little fella running around solving equations and whatnot. We saw Bill Ponderosa driving across state lines to visit a voodoo shop. What's with this guy? What's with this guy in driving? Okay, in a, a couple episodes ago, he like drove Sheldon to Houston to get him to shut his fucking mouth over this like science thing. Now he drove to New Orleans New Orleans for a voodoo shop, like is he, I think he's testing out how far it's gonna take to drive his wife to finally leave him. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, plot, he's slowly plotting that trek up to Philadelphia. That's for sure. I, I mean, like, yeah, brisket's a tough, it's a tough piece of meat to cook. It requires a lot of time, a lot of patience. You have to usually smoke it if you really want to write. And also, man, it's gotta be seasoned well. And that's, I mean, we learned that from this episode. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the voodoo, like, like, I feel like with this show, when it has these titles where it's like, um, a brisket of voodoo, and I still don't know what the fuck a cannibal, cannibal run is. Is that what they did at the church? <laughs> no, that was, that was the movie that Sheldon's parents went to see oh. on the Valentine's Day, the night Mima told oh, him the recipe. I mean, it's like, it's like, it'll pick like one thing, like a brisket, which like, that's obviously a plot point. And the other one's like voodoo. It's like, we saw like three seconds of that. I want to see Bill Ponderosa just go straight like, yeah, you know, give me a doll of my mother-in-law. Like, I want to just <laughs> make that bitch fly. I probably shouldn't say bitch. I mean, he said it. True. He did say it. He dropped the sketchiest line in all of the show. Connie, you bitch. Connie, Is that you what he evil said? bitch. Connie, you evil bitch. It's smoother than regular coffee. That wasn't the recipe. Oh, that that's, I like, I, 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 I thought that was funny. I would just say that the title sounds like like a random word generator or you know those things on Facebook where it's like choose your band name and then if you have a birthday in May it's it you know what I'm talking about it, it they give you one yeah. name and then go to 11 they give you that's what it sounds like oh every episode is like this. yeah yeah I okay I get that cooking a brisket is hard but it's largely contingent upon cooking it and the cut of the meat yeah the seasoning's important but like Bill's Bill's taste buds are probably fucked. Like honestly, he doesn't even know he 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 doesn't even have a clue. Has he ever cooked in his life? I think it's not about the recipe. That that's the that's the lesson here. Yeah. 
that's why I think he's so dumb. Like we just keep seeing like how fucking dumb that like Bill Ponderosa is. It's like, what what's your secret ingredient? Like love? I wish she took it further. I mean, if she was going to like, like she sent him to New Orleans to get like, I think a coffee. Like, come on, man. Just like tell him you put something outrageous in it. Like be like, believe it or not, but like bull sperm really ties this thing together. Oh, he'd probably yeah. like he'd probably, probably jack the bull off himself to get yeah. it. Yeah, she should have told him that. Too bad this isn't on FX or HBO Max or whatever. <laughs> what is Holy Spirit Bush? Holy <laughs> Holy Spirit. It's not unnecessary. Like that that whole like voodoo thing was just like oh like okay there's weird shit in this. When in reality, what, it's like, ends up being a cumin, paprika. Like, all the, like, <laughs> shit that you can find on any goddamn recipe online. Yeah, you could have Googled it. Certainly. Could have, yeah, well, this is before Google. Uh, oh, what, yeah. when is this? 1989. Oh, right. But this isn't fucking, like, the medieval times. How hard is it to track a goddamn recipe in the 80s? Yeah. I also love how in the last episode, we saw Mima literally drug Sheldon with cough syrup so that he would get to bed. And then, but the reason Bill finally had the courage to call her an evil bitch was because she played a trick on him with the brisket <laughs> recipe. Yeah, I mean, Bill's got his, he's got his priorities straight. When like Sheldon was presumably missing, he was like, yeah, whatever. If he gets kidnapped, not my problem. But, like, God forbid you, like, refuse to tell a man, like, how to cook a meat. Maybe that's the key for Sheldon. Maybe Sheldon just needs to pour a tablespoon of paprika and some brown sugar all over his nine-year-old body and his dad will finally pay a morsel of attention to him. He's got to, like, just use that big brain of his, that big old noggin, and, and he's just got to come up with a goddamn recipe for his dad to love him. Can you imagine if Sheldon just came in and was just like, Dad, like... Like, you're going to have these barbecue ribs, and you're going to say, son, I'm proud of you. That's what this is all building up to. It was almost, it, it's shocking how he could have gotten that earlier when he, he could have recited the recipe way earlier in the episode, and there wouldn't have been any conflict whatsoever. I mean, he was playing with trains the whole damn time. He could have had that flashback way earlier, and, and then he conveniently had it when they were like, we have a problem. Yeah, I love, it. I love how the last time he heard the words choo-choo or when his Mima was feeding him, even though he plays with trains. Yeah. You've never, but, you've but, never heard choo-choo. I mean, like, okay, well, like... You know when that would have been a convenient thing to hear was when he was choking on the sausage two episodes ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When he almost um, died. Yeah. That would, no, that would have been a good lesson. Fuck, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, but you don't hear, like, it's not like Sheldon is, like, going choo-choo when he's playing with the toy train. Yeah, he's not a fucking baby. Like, the train's making its own noise. Yeah, but you don't think any, I don't know. Well, you think, I mean, like, I, no, I, I wouldn't put it, like, when I was a kid, I would do that. I would, like, make fucking sound effects. Well, yeah, because you have a smooth brain, Hobton. I, yeah, I'm just, I, my brain is, like, too smooth to have that imagination. But, I mean, Sheldon has a big old pruny noggin. And the man, like, I, I mean, like, what? He's not gonna, like, I mean, he's not gonna, like, like if it, it's a motorized train that has a, you know, uh, a fucking, uh, what's, oh, is it a bell? Is it a whistle? Is it an, uh, the thing that goes choo-choo, what is that? An engine? No. No, that no, the engine. whistle. That's so it's, the wi it's the whistle, right? 
It doesn't. Choo -choo. It doesn't I, say choo choo. She says choo choo. The whistle. Doesn't I know. Like that. Okay. Cool well, yeah. Whistle. But the whistle makes <laughs> the the choo choo is like what you're imitating with the whistle. Yeah. Because like doo doo. You know that's what it does. That's what she's imitating. Nonetheless, it, it all came together. I know I'm just shitting on it. I feel bad, but it came together in the most contrived. We have a problem. What's the solution? Oh, whoops! I just now, nanoseconds after uh, being faced with a problem. Remember the solution. It was just all very, uh, felt very coincidental. Also, does your does anybody talk to babies and just tell them get shit off their chest to them? Just like oh, you won't remember. But of all things, like of all the shit Mima has in her past that she could just unload onto this little boy's just chest. Oh yeah. Like she gives him a recipe okay. for brisket. Like he's gonna be like She didn't like, wanna be like, oh, by the way, my husband's body is buried forty acres west of my home. Yeah, I mean one day he's gonna be playing with like some other toy, like he's gonna be playing with like Legos and like he makes a sound effect and all of a sudden he remembers the time that Mima explained to him the time that she like gangbanged like six cartel members and then killed them and took their money. Like, cause we know that she's done hardcore shit. Yeah. Now that's a podcast. Things Mima has told a baby. Oh, we we yeah that that could be a special episode. Yeah. I just yeah. things Mima has told children, regardless of if she's related to them or not. Yeah, just I can see her like, just going up to like like in a Payless shoes, like some kid. The mom walks away, and Mima's just like, I had sex in the back of a casino back in 1972, and they're just like, uh, what? And then they're cut to 10 years later and the kid's like, here's the word casino. And then imagines this decrepit alcoholic creeping up to him inside a mall. Just like coming up to kids at the park and like whispering them to them like, I am wanted for war crimes in Albania. And just like walking away and just like letting the mom figure it out as yeah. the kid starts crying. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm still, I'm still just perplexed that Bill... Does his dad not have a brisket recipe? He has no friends. He's a JV football coach. You're telling me a football coach has no idea how to make a brisket. Yeah, in Texas, come it's be on. Well, because his brain is the size of a goddamn walnut. Like his... Yeah. Apparently his parents created him the same way that Mima creates a sandwich, and that's the ingredients are inbred. <laughs> where, where is the evidence of Bill Ponderosa's family? We have yet to see them. It's all Mima. We know Mima killed her husband or did something with her husband. You know what? You know what? Hold up. Have you seen Tiger King? Yeah. I was just thinking. Okay. I, okay I, well, no spoilers because I haven't seen the last. Yeah, she two probably episodes. fed her husband to Bill Ponderosa. <laughs> yes, hundred percent. I was just thinking, like, like Mima. I mean, hold up. I, I, I mean, I don't mean this entirely, but Mima has like you know, in that level, she reminds me of Carol Baskin. But Mima is like dope as shit. Carol Baskin, fuck that. Fuck her. Mima way sick. If also if you told me if Mima was like, yep, I fed my I fed my husband uh, tigers, I'd be like, you know what? I respect that. You are a strong, independent woman, and I respect your choice. Yeah, I think Mima is like the Bernie Sanders to Carol Baskin's Hillary Clinton. Oh my God. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> what else about this episode, Wally? I thought Tiger. it was so okay. I I shit on the show. I th I'm, I was almost shocked by how fast. We just bounced from one, like, objective to the other uh, in solved and created problems. But I thought it was a... I liked the brisket as a symbol of, what, the, the mother's approval and that has to be 
uh, slow, slowly baked. You can't, you can't just rip the recipe out of her. You know what I mean? Like a brisket, it had to, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying. Uh, you go had to, slow. Yeah, he had to. He had to rely on his intelligent seed to gaslight the recipe out of his mother-in-law. <laughs> he slow roasted the recipe out of his mother-in-law. He earned it. He earned yeah. it by the... Well, he really, truly didn't even a little bit, but... No, he, he doesn't deserve anything, let alone my sympathy or empathy as a character <laughs> on this show. Like, again, like, we go back to that first scene, and he's like, why won't you give me that recipe? I've given you three grandchildren. Like, that was a tithe to her. Like, I've <laughs> given you seven cattle now, sir. Give me your daughter. Like, it was literally like that. He even said, like, I took one bite of that brisket and knew I was in love with your daughter. So, like, basically saying, like, your daughter is the second best thing you've ever produced. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm sure Me a wife loves to hear that. He should have <laughs> just married the fucking brisket if he had sex with him in the last scene, which is what I'm going off of. Maybe if he had just married the brisket, his wife wouldn't be stuck with such a cow. <laughs> Man, now I want some goddamn brisket, if I'm being honest. Watching that actually made me hungry. They look like they got a nice big brisket. They had some great cinematography in that episode with the juice yeah, yeah. flowing out of that Oof. brisket. Oof, oh yeah. Man, brisket, dude, uh, good barbecue. Jack, what's the best? Jack, Wally, you, wait, Wally, where are you from? I'm from New Jersey. From New Jersey. All right, so you, so... Probably the worst barbecue on the planet. Yeah, I, I was about to say, I wouldn't touch New Jersey barbecue with like a 10-foot <laughs> pole. Um, but there's brisket there. They got they got the, the other side of brisket, as we established. Jewish brisket. They got to have that in spades in New Jersey. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Sure, Some sure. Jewish deli brisket. Oh, yeah. But, um, Jack, what's the best brisket you've ever had? Well, you too. What's the best brisket you've ever had? I can't remember. You go. I, I've been to Texas, so it's probably there just to keep the Texas people off my ass because I've talked so much <laughs> shit on that state, but... I've pretty much exclusively had brisket and pho, and I can't even trust that that's brisket. Ooh. Can I say that? I don't know. That's not racist. It's the truth. Well, you're not, you're not white, so you can say it. I have immunity against all the yeah. races? Okay. Yeah. Against, you're talking about pho. You're not oh, talking yeah. about, like, black people. We're going down the line, starting with the Chinese virus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my lord. You have diplomatic immunity. You can, you can. Well, I mean, like what? Like you're quite. You, so you, what you're implying though is that you don't know if. Uh, I, you don't know if that's brisket. It's just. It's a. No, milk. no, you're right. You, 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 you would be right to. I mean, hey, like you know, is like lobster. Is like any of the lobster in any fucking like Asian food truck like lobster? No, it's fucking langostini. I don't know. What else? What else happened in this episode? Well, so wait a minute. You don't have a your baby stay in your room when it's two. That's a big. That's a child. That's that's no longer a baby. Well, he he's he was breastfed till like age seven. That's we, the working. We think he may be breastfed now. He could he may be well, breastfed now. We Austin don't know. thinks he's breastfed now. I think he's trying to like limit it to strictly formula and bottles to like kind of save his image because he's in high school now. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't exactly be friends with a kid in high school if he was still being breastfed by his mom. Can we talk about how? Um, Bill Ponderosa. I mean, his, Sheldon's parents just fucked with him in the room. While he was is awake. That, is that yeah? Is that I mean, well, okay. But even if he wasn't awake, like, that's weird, right? Like, you wouldn't fuck with a babe, a child in the room, right? And the lights were on. They didn't even try. Yeah, like it's weird to 
fuck in front of an infant child? Like you, like, come on, like, you, like, why would you just go into the, the, the bed, the like the living room or something? You know? Can you okay? See, I feel it's even a little bit weird to fuck in front of a dog. That okay? I don't know about that. I'd fuck in front of a dog. Really? I'm like, can we get him far from the bed, please? Dogs fuck in front of you. That's true. That's well, they don't really truly fuck. They well, I mean, they would. To. They would if they weren't. We couldn't neuter them all. They could still fuck, even though... They lose their sex drive, I think. But they still hump things, like people in yeah. couches. or like... Yeah, I mean, they'll, no, hump, but... they'll hump a couch for sure in front of you. They won't care. They'll hump you. Yeah, my fucking dog won't stop humping me. Um, that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Nonetheless, I think a baby is too far. You don't know what it can remember, or what it's absorbing, or what it tries to imitate in the wild with its baby friends. I just feel like, like, I wouldn't want to, right? Like, it would make, it would, that's got to be a turnoff. I, I would hope. <laughs> yeah, you would hope, yeah. Exactly. Who the fuck knows what they were up to? What were, what was Missy and Georgie up to? Like, all of a sudden, Well, Missy, like... Missy, yeah, well, Missy was, like, eavesdropping, and then she blamed it on Georgie. Yeah, how come Sheldon remembers all this stuff when Missy's fucking listening in on every conversation like she's the goddamn Patriot Act? Well, so yeah. what did the mom say that she heard, he, he was a booby? What did she say that she heard through the door? Oh, uh, donkey head. Oh, I thought I heard something totally Oh, uh, through the door? Yeah. And then Missy ducks back and then the kid comes out. Yeah. Like, she, here's... She, they said donkey head? That was the big, of, of the depths of that episode, like, that's the big scary word the kids can't know? Well, yeah, of all things, like he calls me yeah. mob. Evil bitch. A bitch on CBS, so clearly they could have gone further if they wanted to. It's like a PG-13 movie, they get like one bitch per episode. Yeah. Wait, also, on that point, like, okay, so if Sheldon hears his dad say, oh man, and he has a flashback to like, the last time he heard his dad say that, what do you think Missy's heard? She's fucking eavesdropping on her parents, like, you think... Like, imagine if that's what they were saying when Sheldon was in the room. What do you think they do and say when no one's there? What do you well, think Missy's heard? Well, they would have to... Wait, wait hold on, hold on. But, uh, but actually, you, there's a point there, actually. You're right. Because aren't Missy and Sheldon twins? Yeah, what was Missy doing in the crib? <laughs> she would also have to have been... Did they share a crib? Like, they would have they to have been in the same crib. had sex in front of two babies? That is That's twice too far. the sin. Yeah. That is, yeah, that is too far. Come on. Yeah, at what, at what point for these people is that, like, too many children in the room? <laughs> like, we I were mean, just talking about John and Kate yeah. plus eight today. You think John and Kate were having sex with six babies in the crib? <laughs> They probably took four oh babies Lord. out. Yeah, they're like, okay, uh, you four uh, are out tonight. We'll rotate you. I've, I've already established, for the record, that I would never have sex in the same room as an infant child. Of course. That goes without saying. But, like, if there are three infants in a room and you're still just, like, having sex, like, come on. Like, Jesus Christ. Here's the thing that I don't think we're considering is that what if that baby that's staring at you have sex with his mother is very integral to the plot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why don't they just go to the fucking, like, bathroom or something, you know? Because they're married, the damn it. <laughs> well, I know, but this is the thing. Okay, when you're married, right? Why don't they just like put a... the kid in the bathroom? 
They could. But what I'm saying is that, like, okay, well, that that is the ideal time. Because I would have met, from what I understand, if you, you know, if you're married, you have kids in the house, right? You can no longer fuck whenever you want. If you're, like, just, like, a bachelor, sure you if you're just, like, a couple and you're, like, 30s and you're, like, you know, you don't have kids, you can fuck in the living room, you can fuck in the kitchen, you can fuck any, you can fuck outdoor in the patio, you can fuck anywhere you want. Once you have kids that can, like, move around on their own, that changes. You gotta, you gotta stay in that room, you gotta lock that room, they know not to go in there. But they have a unique opportunity where, you know, the kid's in the fucking um, crib. It can't go anywhere. So they can go anywhere else in that house and fuck and leave the kid be. But no, they choose to stay there. Maybe, well, maybe the kids are, uh, well, if, if they're two kids, three years old, that's like basically a six-year-old person. Actually, I don't like the direction <laughs> I'm going. I'm gonna... You're saying that they have a collective <laughs> conscious consciousness <laughs> to it's like... digest and... Like, realize hey. what's going on. You know, Sheldon's nine, Missy's nine. That means they're both technically 18. <laughs> <laughs> That's the direction we're That'll going. That'll hold up in a court of law. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, sir, sir, I'll have you know there's a twin. Your Honor, have you ever heard of math? Yeah, Your Honor, have you ever considered combining the ages of the, of the defendants? Oh my lord. I had sex with 18 one-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> it's, le- it's legal now. Checkmate, Uncle baby. Sam. <laughs> I found the way around. Wow. Yeah, I'm God. keeping that in. <laughs> and also, if Sheldon remembers that one, like, the thing that I was shocked about is that, like, this is the first time we're seeing a flashback to him, like, when his parents had sex because it was triggered by what his dad said. Yeah. Like, has his dad, that, that implies two things. It means either his dad, he can't remember the last time his dad was as happy as when he was a baby having sex with his mom, or because this is CBS and they use the sheets to cover uh, the parents in that room, maybe he was really just having sex with the brisket. Exactly. And that's why she's mad. I mean, I think you hear a woman's voice. Like, you hear you hear Bill's fucking decrepit noises, but, like, I feel like you hear a woman's voice. I am surprised that they showed it, though. Is CBS getting raunchier? Like, they showed it all. The times are changing, my man. Like, I'm surprised, frankly, you know? I But back to the thing with, uh, the, while it was, that you were talking about the, uh, Sheldon's mom being jealous. Because here's the thing. I don't think she loves her husband at all. Sheldon's mom was jealous of the way her husband was touching the meat. Was she jealous of the meat or was she just jealous that her husband was the one that finally found some meat that would give her pleasure? There's a moment where he's massaging the meat and, um, and his, uh, the mom, Sheldon's mom looks at Bill Ponderosa massaging the meat sensually. She gets her rocks off. You can tell. She's like, damn, I wish she touched me like that. I, again, I don't think she's jealous. Of, she's like, I wished he touched me like that. I think she's just more like, I wish somebody would look at me like that. Because at this point... Oh, she's over him. She's beyond. Is, this, is that a theme in, in these episodes? Is, she, is this sort of... Are we slow crawling to divorce on this show in the season arc? Yeah, it's less of a slow crawl and more of like a stone rolling down a hill. A cannonball run. Yeah, yeah, that may, foreshadowing. Yeah, it's more Maybe. like an it's more like an avalanche towards divorce. Yeah, for but. sure. Oh yeah, 
I mean, this hint they talk about in this episode. They, 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 they drop the D word. I don't understand how it escalated that quickly. How this was a brisket recipe and suddenly you're creating an estranged relationship with your grandmother or your children's grandmother and, and you're inches away from divorce. I thought it was so shocking how I was like, oh, what? How did we... Who yeah. are these people? <laughs> it made me wonder, who is the, who is the audience here? Nobody knows. The clan. <laughs> the clan, yeah. I mean, like, really, like, because it's not Big Bang Theory fans. No, they all died, remember? We talked yeah. about how there was a mass suicide. Uh, we sacrificed Long them all, story. Yeah. You, you, know that, you know the studio audience of Big Bang Theory? Yes. Yeah. Um, Chuck Lorre intentionally fed them into a volcano um, in order to bring about um, the, the current pandemic and the destruction of the world. This is the long con. It reads. I see it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Wouldn't be the worst thing he's done for yeah. the success yeah. of his television shows. Honestly, like, thank God, frankly. Um, yeah. It reminds me of a Midwestern um, fresh off the boat, almost, where it has almost, it feels like it could be multi-cam show, but it's a single cam. And uh, just the way they approach family. I don't know. But I'm like, and then who, is this for Midwestern family people? Because it's also like kind of dark. They say, bitch. Connie, you evil bitch. I, I, I like, like if you were to pull like a, like a th- hundred thousand Midwestern dads and be like, have you ever referred to your mother-in-law as a, as an evil bitch? You evil bitch. Like, 100%. Uh, yeah, at least 50% okay, will be like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. He said it with the mother-in-law around. Yeah. That's another level. That is a white people thing. That is absolutely a white people thing. Calling if you women did bitches at the dinner table. That if you if that happened in a Mexican household, I mean, God forbid. In some cultures, in ab, can you say Aboriginal? I'm not one of those. I don't know. But, <laughs> yeah, that, that that is the uh, politically correct term, actually. It is, okay. Well, uh, in Aboriginal, some Aboriginal cultures. You, the male is not allowed to look his mother-in-law in the eye. I mean, little call her a bitch. If I if I were if I were in a Mexican family, I wouldn't dare call my in-laws a bitch and face the wrath of the tias. You're dead. You'd be dead. Yeah, they'd See, fucking kill you. They'd turn you into a brisket and they'd put. <laughs> no, they do a, the voodoo stuff. That's they do oh, with yeah. the, the alternate recipe. See, this is interesting because in Middle Eastern cultures, it's the exact opposite. Actually, um, <laughs> yeah. there is a huge in like in like the way that like Western like families or whatever dynamics have like reproduced. Yeah, like dad, mother-in-law hate each other. Sheldon acknowledges in this episode. In the Middle Eastern cultures, exact opposite. It's with mother-in-laws of the husband and the wife. There's like a huge long, and especially in Persian culture, it's like a huge thing where it's like. Uh, mother-in-laws and wives don't get along at all whatsoever. And like mother-in-laws constantly believe that like mother-in-laws in, uh, in Iran and like in Arab cultures from what I understand too, are like constantly that like the wives are not good enough for their, their sons. And so it's like a long, huge like dynamic. It always causes conflict. You see it in like movies and like sitcoms and everything. And it's weird because it's like an entirely opposite version of what's happening here. I actually, I super buy, I think that's in a, Almost most, even white people, like everybody loves Raymond, and I think that's in yeah. Mexican culture too. Um, but but it's just not the, talked about. What? 
It's just not talked about the same way. In, in are they catty? Is that what you're referring to? No, no, no. I mean, like, I mean, like, as like a dynamic, like as a stereotype. Like we see, we see, especially in sitcoms, we see the mother-in-law, husband don't get along stereotype all the time, or like the husband doesn't like the in-law stereotype all the time. But we don't really see it the other way around. Oh, I see what you're saying. I don't know. I think at least in everybody, everybody loves Raymond, Deborah, and um, what's her face hated each other. I feel like that is a thing where everyone always say, oh, your mother's so overbearing, but I can't say anything and I have to pretend to be the, you know, perfect angel wife. Um, mm-hmm. And they're constantly trying to upstage each other. But this is with the the husband and I just, I that's interesting. What is what is the relationship between the husband and the mother-in-law? Um, and your, uh, He's a total simp. <laughs> Whatever episode it was, she's like, I gave Sheldon some cough syrup to calm him down. And the dad was just like, well, we can't deal with this behavior in, in, in reference to the sons. I mean, like, the, yeah. fact that, the fact that his mother-in-law is giving her son adult medication to put him to sleep. That, no. Whatever. Whatever you gotta do. It's better than the idea I had. I was just gonna fucking punch him in the face. And like, and like, she she says this episode, and like, she's like, I never thought you were good enough for my daughter, and it's just like, shocker, dude, you probably also fed your daughter cough syrup and shit. Like, how, like, what do you think you were? He's probably treating her a lot better than you treat her, frankly. I don't know. That's a toss up. Okay, well, yeah, but he's not he's not drugging her, to our knowledge. That is one of my biggest fears: is to be in a situation like this where uh, my significant other's parents despise me. I would ha- I couldn't handle that pressure. I would break up with someone. I have broken up with someone because I was like, I, I don't, your mom is nice to me, but I can't tell how sincere it is. I don't feel like winning someone over here. I'm going to hightail it. I've never been in that situation, but I could, I empathize because I feel like if I were in a situation where the, the parent, I was supposed to say in-laws, but like, like. You know, my significant other's parents are just, like, being huge assholes and constantly intrusive. Like, yeah, like, that's a fucking nightmare. Like, you would you'd want to get out of that. That'd just be not worth it. I actually have a friend that stayed in a relationship longer because he found out the family didn't like him, so he did it to piss off her mother. So really? maybe maybe that's a white person thing. I don't know. Uh, that's great. Like, it, it's... I, I think, it, I mean, in some way, yes, because, um, like... Like, I don't know, something about, like, pissing off Middle Eastern parents terrifies me. This is why I've said, like, I, I, I mean, Persian women are beautiful. I love Persian women. Like, you know, like, um, but would I, I don't think I could ever marry a Persian woman. Just because I know I'd have wow. to deal with her Persian parents. That's it. <laughs> It'd be too much. It'd be, I have one set of Persian parents. I want to keep it there. I, I don't need more. Like, come on. Well, unlike you, Obton, I don't see color. I see money. Um, okay. <laughs> Do you have any other thoughts about this episode, about the show in general? Where do you see these people going in the grave? Uh, I don't know. I, I, well, I, I think that they're going to get a divorce. And I think, okay, this is what I predict. I think it's going to get uh, worse and then a little bit better. It's going to give you some hope and then they're going to drop you. They're going to get a divorce. Um, as, as for the other, I don't know. That's really the only element. That was. It'd be fun if that voodoo thing came back into play. The Holy Spirit of Herbs, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever he bought from some tourist shop. 
actually, it was a little bit better than I expected. It just in that hey. it, hey. it had a little more depth. Um, and it wasn't just like punchline, punchline, punchline. It actually it had no punchlines, but uh, it still had, I don't know, it had, it was, it was a little, and it's a little darky edginess. Yeah. But, uh, okay. Well, Wally, before you go, um, I did this a couple episodes back. I think maybe it'll be fun to bring back uh, just a little, these are just a couple questions I wrote down just so our viewers can learn a little more about you. Uh, but th so this episode talks about the brisket, the best brisket recipe in Texas. Um, so what is your all time favorite recipe for preparing an infant's placenta? <laughs> well, you're well aware that pe some people will eat the placenta of a child. What? No. Yeah, I didn't you didn't know, know that? that? What do you mean I'm well aware? No, not even yeah. remotely. I don't think it's common no, it's practice like now, but it's like, I don't know. We expect it, used, it used to be in some cultures like a tradition. And then a lot of white people who are really into like new age shit and like yoga and like like midwiving or whatever were like, yeah, like it just bonds me with a child more. So like now a lot of white women do it. Yeah. What? Wait, the yeah. placenta comes The placenta. Out? No. Yes. It comes. So, what's your like favorite recipe for that? Wait, I'm sorry. Just it comes out of the yes, vagina. Yes, it does. Like a vending machine. <laughs> yeah. And then the body's, you know, the body's kick out bar. They say, hand it back and write. Just dig in. I mean, you could, or you could like. I'm, that's what I'm asking. Like, what's your favorite recipe for how it? Uh, for the placenta. Okay, if I had to eat my own placenta. Well, not your own. You would be that of a newborn infant, but. But if okay, it was the infant's my infant's placenta. Uh, honestly, you probably just raw dog it. If I could, you twist the body around to come back. Okay. Bring the torso in, just like a circle of life. Interesting. All right. Uh, what's your favorite Halloween candy? Uh, take five. It's a good one. Um, wow, that, that's an underrated pick. Yeah, it's a that's yeah. a deep cut. There's you don't no hear you do answer. not hear that every day. That's shocking. There's no other answer. It has everything. It has all the parts of a candy bar. It does. Minus peanuts, which is the worst. Fuck but em. it does have peanut butter. So. Well, it's the best way to have peanuts. Uh, so in this episode, Sheldon's dad broke into his mother-in-law's house to steal the brisket recipe. How would you go about breaking into a hospital to steal good placenta? Oh, Jack. Um, oh, I would dress up like a tiny Filipino nurse. I look very Filipino to anyone that needs to know that. Okay, that's good. I mean, I, there's a couple ways you can go about it. You can like either wear black and white with a ski mask like a bank robber, or you can like pull the fire alarm like in the end of heat and like get it amongst the hullabaloo. Um, that's that's a good one. Do you ask everyone these questions, the same questions? No. We mix them no, up. These are unique. Oh. Here, here's one. Uh, so here's another one. Which religion throws the best parties to celebrate the birth and or resurrection of their figurehead? Mexicans is not a religion, but they might as well be. Mexican and Catholics. Yes, there you go. That's Christmas or easy. Easter. Um, uh, actually Easter really? would be the number. You, uh. 
Because there's no, it's not a two-day thing, you can get, you can drink more. Okay, that's interesting. Um, if you were, okay, another cooking question. Uh, if you were on an episode of Chopped, how would you impress the judges with the following ingredients? Crushed red pepper flakes, sweet potatoes, and the placenta of a newborn child. Um, I would probably scramble the placenta, uh, bake Ooh. the potato much like a baked potato, uh, split it open, take, carve out some of the the sweet potato. It was a sweet potato. Yeah. Um, actually, have that on the side like a yam, and put the cooked placenta with, of course, the. Um, chili flakes inside the skin of the yam. Interesting. And it's like a second meta birth. So yeah, it's like a, like a, a what is it, like a crispy skin you can get like TGI Fridays. Oh, like a potato skin. No, exactly, like a potato yeah. skin, yeah, but it's just with stuff with placenta. So it's like a, a placenta hot pocket. Exactly. exactly. Okay. Um, here's another one. If you could go back in time and witness any historical event, what would it be and would you intervene to alter the course of said events? Um... Honestly, right now, this probably isn't an original answer, but I'd stop the guy from eating the bat that put us here. I miss my job and things. Maybe I, what job? But it would be nice to go outside. He could have turned around and had anything else, a whole feast of organisms, anything, truly. Yeah, order a BLT, just sake. to be safe. <laughs> if I'm being honest, like, I kinda don't know what bad soup tastes like. What's so good about it that this guy almost fucking, like, is about to kill off, like, a fraction it's, of the human it's population? It's so good, it's worth starting a pandemic. Hey, maybe it's, that's the brisket recipe. Maybe, maybe, maybe we're missing out on something. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, maybe it's, maybe we, there's something that he knows that we don't. Yeah. What is the food for you that is so precious to you that you would risk all of humanity to eat? Uh... If you knew that one in every 2,000 iterations of that food, there was a pandemic. Like sp a specific food from someplace specific or like a general It would category. be the fat buffalo from Fat Sal's. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm close to there. It would probably be, for me, it would probably be the crab fried rice at Uncle Boone's in New York. I would actually kill for that food. I would... Um, I would I would abandon my morals, um, achieve some sort of like dictate small dictatorship, like become like an oil tycoon, and like just live off that. Or beef tartare. That is a food Ooh. worth killing for. I'd probably go with a um, tiramisu maybe, or a Princess Street pizza in New York. I'm a big fan. I'm, now I'm trying to think about this bad soup. I, I'm a huge soup guy. I mean, dude, what's in the What makes the soup so damn good? Dude, maybe I want to know. There's got to be something about it, you know? It's well, the so bats. <laughs> I would hope. What if it's just yeah. the, what if it's just like the noodles are really good and the bats totally optional? Yeah, very uh, unnecessary. Yeah, maybe it wasn't even bat soup. Maybe the guy was just, maybe they were just like, yeah, we only have soup. He's like, could you put a bat in it? The person's like, what? Uh, I guess. Like, whatever, whatever, whatever floats your boat, my man. Okay, do uh, more just rapid fire ones. You a left brain or right brainer? Uh, I don't believe in left brain or right brain. Okay, ride the fence. Uh, left wing or right wing? Left. Left twix or right twix? Left. 
left out to cool or right after birth, warm placenta? Right after birth, warm, warm placenta. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Wally, for coming on this uh, very tasty episode of The Gates of Shell. I hope you had fun talking about everything from brisket to uh, juice. Thank you for having me. This has been a joy. Thank you for coming on. Well, Obton, I will see you of course. next time. Uh, everyone, if you're listening, I guess thank you. Um, and this is the intellectual equivalent of sucking on a doorknob. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, everyone, uh, stay healthy. Um, wash your hands. Yeah. Peace! Good night, everyone. Solid. Solid Peace. sign after the big day. <laughs>